Today on the USA 10cast, Anthony Menino joins me and we keep it all American, discussing the USMNT's upcoming friendly with Venezuela, Josh Gatt's rule with the U23 side, and debate whether or not MLS should change their calendar. It's a Yankee Doodle Dandy on the USA 10cast. Welcome into today's USA 10cast, John Arnold in Phoenix, joined by Anthony Menino in Austin. Nothing too exciting this week, Anthony, but at the same time, we've had lots of littler stories, including two you've written, but uh, first, I guess, uh, how you doing? Welcome. Yeah, I'm doing pretty uh, well. You know, a couple stories, um, school's starting back up for me, so I tried to um, get a couple quick interviews before that and was able to do that and talk to Gat and Cameron, and hopefully um, all the listeners will enjoy uh, my articles on Tinkit. I, uh, I did. Uh, so hopefully they will as well. Uh, let's talk Jeff Cameron first. You just posted that one today. I know you're a fan of Cameron um, just from his work with the Dynamo and, and have been an advocate of getting him in the national team for a while now. Um, you talked with him about kind of finding a role. How important has that been for him? Yeah, you know, it, it has been very important for him because with the Dynamo, his role was always kind of strange in ways. He, would, he played defender. Um, he played center mid. He he played attacking mid. He even said he played almost every position, which was strange. And then, you know what? In 2009, everyone has considered him a great defender. I think he was up for MLS Defender of the Year. So he has the, the size. He has the speed. He also has the skill set that Klinsman will like um, to, you know, distribute the ball. And he's not, not – he's an excellent defender. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll be able to see that when uh, they play Venezuela and later Panama. And and I'm thinking out of everyone, I think he has the most to prove, especially with Gonzalez out and George John not in the camp. Um, he, he could maybe, you know, with a couple of great performances, maybe jump those guys. It's interesting because the back line, it's kind of in flux right now. We've got some old standbys, Chirondolo, Bocanegra, um, on Yewu to some extent, although he is kind of one of those guys who's also kind of on the fringe trying to get back into the team, uh, an area that hasn't always been the strongest for the U.S. I was uh, listening to the guys on the uh, Mexican soccer podcast that uh, Tom Marshall and uh, Eric, I can't think of his last name from Goal.com, do apologies to Eric, but uh, and they were talking about how you know Edgar Castillo is getting starting minutes at Tijuana. He's being challenged by Greg Garza. You've got Michael Orozco Fiscal doing uh, a decent job uh, so far on the San Luis side. That's that's pitched two clean sheets, which uh, pretty surprising start. And they sit across at the top of the table at, the, at this recording. So it's kind of interesting to see all these guys vying for spots in a, an area that hasn't really been strong for the U.S. and and uh, I think that Cameron probably can kind of very easily stake a claim, like you said, in that group. Um, and I guess this this camp is kind of an opportunity for him to separate himself. Did he uh, did he allude to that at all? Uh, yeah, he he alluded uh, to that a lot. He also said uh, the next two games for him are very important because he said you you never know when you might not when you're going to get called back into the camp. And he's I think this is uh, the second time second or third time in the camp. So he's been in January camps before, but he hasn't taken that next step. And now that he just has one central position, he's playing a defender also with um, being a more ball possession type defender. Klinsman will like him. He said he's been working on drills to, you know, help uh, everyone pressure, help everyone set up. Um, he's kind of, I guess, 
being the the quarterback of the defense there. And uh, as you alluded to before, um, playing in front of Klinsman, in front of the U.S. fan base, everyone, this gives uh, Cameron um, and probably A.J. De La Garza, uh, Zach Lloyd, who plays left back, another problem position for the U.S., a chance to, you know, maybe step up and say, you know what, we deserve a chance to play against Italy and later friendlies and Brazil. Because there's a bunch of guys, wouldn't you agree, there's a bunch of guys playing center D um, for or center back for the U.S. who, you know, could possibly start, but no one stepped up out of all the young players. Yeah, I don't know. I think you're right. I think, I think Gonzalez was maybe close, but obviously the setback there, uh, yeah, I, I think that there's just a lot of guys that are kind of out there and no one has really established themselves as, I'm going to be in this back four, you know, for your qualifier. I'm going to be a guy that you have to take to the World Cup. And I think this is kind of the process that we're going to see during qualifying of these guys kind of separating themselves. Uh, guys who are trying to separate themselves even sooner than that, uh, the U23 team have done a couple scrimmages, too, now with the full national team, which, first of all, I love. I just think it's kind of funny to see the, uh, the the full national team, albeit without the European guys. So the January camp national team against the U23 guys, I think that's great to watch. And uh, the highlights from that first game that came out were pretty, uh, pretty good viewing. Um, a lot of guys in that camp that are hoping to be on the Olympic squad and also the USMNT uh, with five, the guys in the January camp who could could be on that Olympic squad should the U.S. make it to the Olympics. And obviously they've got qualifying coming up here in a couple of months. Uh, you talked to Josh Gatt, who plays in Norway. His team won the championship, I believe. Yeah, it was the yeah, first uh, time in 100 years that they won the championship, too. So We're, I don't know if he's being hailed as a Norwegian hero, but uh, could be an American hero if he helps the uh, U.S. with the uh, Olympic run. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, Jeff Carlisle over at uh, ESPN had him in his second of under 21 players to watch for the U.S. team. And I'm going to have to agree. I might even put him at number one. It's just he's a very interesting player. He's fast. He's very skillful. He has all the potential. His coach, Ole Gunnar, has had huge praises for him. He, He told Manchester United, a team he used to play for, to take a closer look at him. And um, Gat alluded to the the U23 and U.S. men's national team game you were talking about. And I talked to him a little bit before that game, and he said it's huge because he gets to play in front of Klinsman, and his teammates wanted to prove to Klinsman, hey, you know what, we can step up and we can play with this U.S. men's national team, and you know we're good enough for you to call us for Olympic qualifiers this summer. Not a bad guy to be playing in front of as a uh, as a young player there. Uh, pretty well connected, the manager. So um, yeah, that that's a good situation for him. Uh, you know, we've got some other American players in Norway as well. Um, U23 qualifying coming up, and I think we're all excited. We'll have a lot more coverage on a 10-kit as the uh, qualifying tournament draws more close. But uh, I thought that was interesting, and uh, definitely want to check out those pieces that Anthony had on uh, both Jeff Cameron in the January national team camp and uh, Gat in the U23s. I'll be in Phoenix or Glendale, actually, uh, Saturday for the friendly, so I'll have some stuff there. Um, you know, it's kind of your typical B-friendly match with the January uh, team. We'll see a bunch of MLS guys, probably all MLS guys, going out and uh, playing a team of mostly domestic based Venezuelans. So um, it should be, again, a chance for people to differentiate themselves from, from the pack, I guess, uh, using the cliche, of course, but... But that really is 
is uh, is a chance, and we'll have all sorts of coverage of that on Ten Kit. Um, the other thing we wanted to get to today, Anthony, you have been all over this, and I have uh, I don't follow Eric Ronaldo on Twitter, and I haven't really kept up with this too much. Me so do you want to uh, do you want to ex- explain what he's been talking about this week? Yeah, you know, he's been talking about a couple of things. Um, he had a, a speech in um, uh, Kansas City uh, about a week ago. In, um, um, soon, hopefully, I want to write an article on it, more opinion piece, but he's talking about moving the MLS to a more European-type schedule, and he said things. Um, if, if the MLS were to do that, Fox would broadcast their games after Valentine's Day, or something once the Super Bowl is over because they don't really have any sports they broadcast, which would be great for the MLS. Another point, and I, uh, and I guess it's something we can talk about for a second, is um, the transfer business um, that he said is $2 billion uh, that happens during the summer that the MLS is not a part of. And I kind of agree with him there. Wouldn't you? Um, I think it's... Here's the thing. I think that we've we've had this discussion before for, for quite some time. There's not going to be a time that MLS is going to be able to put their season that everyone is going to be happy with. I don't think you're going to have a time. Obviously, look, the NFL is the giant of, of the U.S. You, if you put something on Sunday, Agreed. You, you don't get television ratings, you don't get people at the matches, you don't get advertising, anything that you need to make your league successful. Uh, MLB avoids NFL days. Um College football obviously is on Saturday. College basketball when they start playing, you know, they don't start Sunday night hoops until after all the football has kind of been taken care of. And there's a reason for that. The NFL is just supremely popular here in this country. Um, but after that, I mean, I think you could, with a winter break, it's an intriguing idea because the the Ronaldo plan that I've I've kind of seen. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but is that um, they're going they would take a break basically from early December until after January, like some of the European leagues do, not as long as some of the Scandinavian leagues. but uh, like, Germany. like Germany, he, right. he, he said. Right, so so exactly kind of like the Bundesliga. Obviously, we don't have as cold a climate as Norway, Sweden. Uh, Ukraine takes a massive break that uh, Shakhtar Donetsk always play through when they're in Champions League. But it could work. I'm not 100% sold yet, and I and I feel like the MLS still kind of, I, I don't know, I, yes, they, they aren't a bit, as big of a player as they could be in that summer transfer window, but we still see our guys going overseas, and I don't think that's that's a problem. Can MLS teams buy the, buy the top players? Maybe, maybe not, but I think that might be more uh, other factors than just the schedule. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, I think it would give us more of a chance to buy some of those top players over the summer. You know, you get a guy who, and, and it's something that kind of ha- happened with Robbie Keane. He was a little bit frustrated. Tottenham didn't really play him. And you know what? Robbie Keane is an excellent player to have in the MLS. Yeah, he might not be as famous as David Beckham, but he's a very talented striker, probably the best Irish striker ever. And, you know, to have guys like that in the league to come in would would make the league even better, I think. And it would, I think, being in that summer transfer window would open the opportunity for um, MLS teams to kind of bid for those players. The other, oh, sorry. The other thing that it would help with, I think, is that you would have fewer teams. And I think we'll be seeing this more in the future. This might become more of a concern. You'll have fewer teams in risk of losing their stars 
in the middle of a very important season. You look at FC Dallas last year when George John was originally rumored to be going over to the EPL, and FC Dallas was going to be in some pretty bad straits if they lost the most important part of their defense, and by all accounts, you know, one of the more important parts of their teams, just kind of in the middle of the stretch playoff run. Fans are angry if, if they sell, but, but it, that offer was reportedly a very large offer and could have paid off well for the club in the long term. I think that's one of the advantages. But by the same token, I, th- I think you still see players, uh, Nicholas and Elka moving. Um, other players, not necessarily to MLS, but to other leagues, to these kind of, I don't want to call MLS this because it's not, but but retirement leagues like China, the UAE, um, you got Rivaldo going to Angola. Um, but yeah, I, I see the argument. I see where it's coming from. But at the same time, I'm not 100% convinced. It's fun to talk about. It's definitely it, an interesting conversation. It, and it's interesting, and um, I think eventually it might be something we see in the future. Who knows? But um, I guess with more ta- when the U.S. has more and more talent and uh, a lot more players start going overseas or we start selling more players, maybe in the future it's something that we might see because the amount of players we're selling, we need to get on that transfer market. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see how it unfolds. Uh, tell us what you think. Leave us a comment. Either on the uh, SoundCloud widget, if you're listening on our iTunes subscription, uh, you can just log on to USA10Kit.com and click finally, on the podcast. And I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I said finally on iTunes. Yeah, we're there. We are there. So anyway, if you are listening that way, which a lot of you already are, we appreciate that. Um, you can just click over to the blog, leave a comment uh, like you would on any other story. Anthony Menino, any uh, final thoughts? I'm just looking forward to the Venezuela game, seeing um, you know the U.S. play. It's been a while, so it should be fun. I want, I want, I want to see four goals. That's what I want to see. I want to, I want to see a lot of goals, a lot of scoring. Four goals. We'll see if they can live up to that. Um, we'll keep a live blog or something. I'll have something during the match. Maybe I'll tweet at USA Ten Kit. Um, you can also follow Anthony on Twitter. Are you just at Anthony Menino. At Anthony Menino. Uh, and I'm at Arnold comma John. Spell out the word comma. Get it? So anyway, uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks so much for listening, and let us know uh, what you think about these uh, issues we've discussed. Take care, and we'll talk at you next week.